excuse me I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius I'm about due to erupt Use it or I'm losing it They say I need to loosen up Tight, I'm well taught I must do the max like us. I do have something to say So you got to give it up Give it up You never heard what up podcast world <laughs> what's up everybody you know what it is you know where you're at it's the follow-through with clips and drew episode 151 and this isn't going to be a happy one folks okay i'm just well, not not for not for clips it's not, not gonna be a happy one for clips you know could you tell by the intro drew uh i don't know it was, it's, a, it's a little telling i guess you don't have your same energy well I'm just duplicating the energy of the Los Angeles freaking Clippers, okay? I'm disgruntled. I'm disgusted, Drew. And I made it. I said after work today, because, of course, I had to work my one day a week on Sunday. Yep. I, I hit you right up after I got out of work, and I said, I'm disgusted. We need to talk about this tonight. You said, no, Clips. No. You need to sleep on it. You need to, <laughs> we need to do this tomorrow, right? And what yep. did I tell you? For verbatim? Yeah, go ahead and tell them. <laughs> tell the people. Um, you said, Drew, that's like watching my girlfriend get <laughs> from a homeless man. I can't watch that. No, I can't watch it, all right? <laughs> I, I don't need to watch it. I, I, you know, I followed it on my phone all day. I, I, I didn't say anything to my coworkers, even though they knew, you know, exactly what was going on. And it's funny because, you know, I'm super busy today and I, I take my look and I'm like, shit, okay, cool, up 19, right? Up 19, I'm like, damn, we got this. And it's crazy because I have a family that comes in all the time and they call me Clips. They know exactly what I do, brings their whole family in. And when they were done, he said, dude, you guys are up, you guys are up 19. It's all good. You're going to be all good. And I <laughs> said, do not jinx me, Vincent. Don't do this, okay? Because that's what happens. You know I take jinxing very seriously. Yeah. So as the day progresses – and I see, I check back in and I'm like, holy shit, we're only down, or we're only up five. And then it's tied and then we're down 10, okay? And I get frustrated. And then after the, the game's over, of course, my whole social media is blowing up. People are sending me so much random videos and comments. I, I haven't answered one of them. I had to ask you what you tagged me in a couple minutes ago because you know how <laughs> I get. And the first thing that, that comes to my mind, Drew, is that, this is nothing new, right? This is nothing new. If you're a real Clipper fan and you've been there since the beginning, this is exactly what happened. So I've, I've had this emotion before. I've had this happen before, okay? Like I go back to, to 05, 06, Suns, okay? I bring this up all the time. The, the second round and, and Sam Cassell with the eight seconds not crossing half court. And then I go to 2014 against the Thunder and Chris Paul was horrible and we blew that one. And then of course, of course, I go to the 2015 against Houston where we literally just blew a 3-1 lead and Corey Brewer and Josh Smith are the unsung heroes of that, of that uh, round. Yep. I know disappointment very well. Yeah. But it's on another level right now, Drew, with the simple fact that we have two of the greatest players in the game we do have a really great coach in Doc Rivers, and a lot of people are blaming this, this loss and these losses on Doc Rivers, and I'd like to talk to you about that in a second. But the fact that I think we're so nonchalant with, like, we have all of this talent, right? 
And we're, we, you know, the, the phrase is, man, we got a kennel full of dogs. And I've said it a hundred times. Well, where are the dogs at right now? Lou Will, I love you. Trez, I love you. Marcus Morris, you've been killing it. But when, when, the, when the lights are on, bro, you're not showing up. The bench tonight, Trez, five points, minus 19 when he's in. Sham, 19 minutes, one point. Lou, five for 11, 14 points, right? Where are the dogs at, Drew? And I'm more concerned at the fact that we're not taking, like, we're not taking this as serious as we need to take this. If we go down uh, on Tuesday, losing to Denver, this will be one of the biggest epic failures in basketball history. It really will. Because we are by, we are the better team. We've been talking, not necessarily talking shit, but like we've just been going off of our swag and our personnel the whole year. And we cannot have another game like this on Tuesday. Do I think we can win on Tuesday? Yes. It's obvious we can go up 20 on this team. At what point during this game do we take our foot off the pedal and let everything go to shit? Literally everything crumbles. And the, I'm sorry to keep spewing right now, Drew. But, keep going. Okay. We need to realize that when, when Denver goes on a run, this happened against Dallas too. When this Denver, also happened in the previous game as well. This, yes. like, this is a repeat. It's, it's almost an exact, exact repeat. We've had two three, games in a row. We've had three games in the playoffs where we've been up 16 and we lose the game. Now, I, I see Kawhi doing everything he can do. I see Paul George playing really, really well. Okay. But where are the dogs? And at what point when, when Denver goes on a – 10-0 run, do we not call a timeout and gather our shit together? That's the only problem I have with Doc Rivers right now is that. So does this surprise me? No, but it, it really, really disappoints me. And I'm in a whole nother realm right now because come Tuesday, if we blow this, if we blow this, um, things are going to have to change. Dude, I think, you, I think you said it pretty good there. I mean, honestly – pretty much hit the nail on the head of what went wrong, right? To be um, slightly more specific, and part of the reason why I think Doc does deserve some blame is because the, the taking the foot off of the gas pedal, like you, like you put it, is exactly what happens at like the back end of this third quarter going into the fourth. That's when everything starts to – two games in a row, that's when everything starts to close and the gap gets smaller and smaller as far as your lead is concerned. And during this time, this is when Kawhi Leonard needs to be featured specifically, needs to get the ball, needs to go to the rack or, you know, you know, get one of his really good shots to kind of steady the ship. That doesn't happen. Everybody else gets the touch. I remember when maybe a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the idea that the Clippers might suffer from not having like a super alpha dog, like the D1 the one guy who thinks they can take, you know, is supposed to take the shots uh, because you have so many options. You have Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have Lou Williams, you have Trez. I think in these last two games, that kind of thing has kind of caught up with you. Not necessarily in the, in the sense that you needed a last second shot and you couldn't figure it out. More in the sense that everyone else thought that they could get them back into this game when instead they all should, they all should recognize that, Kawhi is that guy. He is the one that you need to get the ball to, to steady the ship, to get him some good buckets, to get into the free throw line, to make sure that this lead doesn't completely collapse and then is gone. 
Um, and part of the reason I want to blame Doc for that is because it doesn't seem like he's communicating that. I want to blame Kawhi for that too, because it doesn't seem like he's communicating that. But that is something I think that has to change. Um, although, like you said, you should definitely win game seven. You've been up significantly in, in every game in the series. And, and so I, I, even if it's a weird one, you should definitely take this. But this is shocking for this team. But I do want to say as a, as a Laker jab, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, welcome to the Clippers. <laughs> that is a total jab. And you can fuck off for that, Drew. But that's okay. <laughs> um, I, hats off to Denver too, okay? Like they're a really good basketball team with really good players. And, you know, from looking at the points and whatnot, like just Joker was getting everything he wanted. He is so good. I've never seen he, – he's one of those guys when you watch him, like his touch is so nice around the rim. Like the guy can do anything. But then like our big men, five points from Trez and two points from Zub, it's just not going to cut it, you know? And, you know – Michael Porter had a, had a really good game. Torrey Craig came off and had a good game. Um, and I'm the only thing I did look on on social media was the Clipper pages because there are some Clipper pages. And they've completely, like, just – it's fire, Doc. This team sucks. I'm over being a Clipper fan. And, you know what, that's fine. We don't need you, okay? Again, this is something that we are I, – I, at least, am very used to. And it's so wild that when you're this close to making history, we should have made history two day, two games ago, mm -hmm. you know, and history for us is one more victory. And if we, if we potentially lose on Tuesday, it's going to be the same old narrative, which is like, that's just the Clippers, you know? Right. Oh, it's just the, the Clipper way to go. And Laker fans love that. And again, the Lakers are just sitting back chilling, waiting for their next, waiting for their next opponent. And they're, they're going to have another four days off pretty much before the Western Conference Finals start. I totally agree with everything you're saying about Kawhi, okay? His legacy is at stake too, right? We can either go from you're going to be in the GOAT talk to see maybe you're not, that, maybe you're not as good as everybody thought you were because you have a much better team you're playing with now and you did more with less last season, right? And it's going to be another horrible narrative for Paul George. The, play, the pandemic P and the playoff P, that shit's going to come back two times, twofold, right? And the, the shit that started in round one with Dame Lillard and Pat Beverly, there's going to be a lot of that going on, right? I know all of this, right? I just want to see the dogs. That's what I want to see. I need to see Trez and Marcus Morris have a game that's going to, that, or at least on the defensive end, you know? Um, but I'll say this, man, if we do lose, I'm going to have to shut down social for myself for, for at least <laughs> if I'm going to, because the amount, I, the amount of hate I'm getting drew. And I brought this up. I brought this up so many times with you that random people come at me super sideways on social. Like, like I'm sitting here talking so much shit about their team, which I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm really not. I've been, it's, it's just so weird how much either people hate me or hate the fact that I love the Clippers so much, or I never knew there were so many people that hated the Clippers so much that they feel that they need to take it on themselves to come at me because of who I love and what my name is. So how do you think I approach that if that happens? Well, I think the the easiest answer is to not, to not, lose this game <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's the and and to be quite honest that's well within that's well within the reach of the clippers this is um for those that are maybe not well versed in clipper history you brought up some really good examples of like 
recent years, but this, this is a tradition that goes back, you know, decades. This goes back to the 60s or to the 70s and 80s for sure. So <laughs> I, I, I can understand as the Laker fan why this feels a little good <laughs> for us to watch, right? I don't understand like the goal, like completely going out of your way to, you know, say fuck you and fuck the Clippers. Oh, so many of those. Completely I get so unnecessary. Many it's completely unnecessary because honestly, the Clippers are irrelevant and have been. You, know, you don't have to go that far, Drew. We're existence. not irrelevant. We're not irrelevant. <laughs> you don't have to go that far at all. Stop. You're relevant this year. We've but, been relevant for the past decade, dog. You can't say that. Here, going off that, though, I will say this. <laughs> We've said so many times on this show, I try to be as unbiased as possible, right? Because we're not just a Clippers and Lakers podcast. Yes, those are who we represent. Those are our teams. But we also try to keep it real, unlike a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I have praised the Lakers this year. I told you how hard it was for me because I like I, – I love LeBron. I love Rajon Rondo. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here like – a casual fan and say Anthony Davis ain't shit like come on bro it's the best big man in the league everything that happened with Kobe dude we're both pro Kobe and like we've been through all of this I have done nothing but praise the Lakers yes there are some things that I think they need to work on moving forward um but this is the bottom line and as a Clipper fan I will say it like we have not done shit Doc has been really great I think he's a great players coach for us but for whatever reason, we can't get over that hump, even with all the talent that we have had, you know? And now when you have all the talent in the world from top to bottom, we can't say that we have the deepest team in the NBA and I'm getting seven points from my six, seven, and eight guy. And Lou Williams, who is one of the, one of the if he's not the best six man to ever play, he's one of the best basketball players to ever play in the NBA. Mr. Get Buckets, walking bucket, get us a bucket, you know? In these situations, when we're down 10 or we're up 10, Lou Will's the guy that holds the pace of the game and gets to the free throw line. You know what I mean? And we haven't done shit. So I, I'm not blaming Doc, like fire Doc, if we don't make it to this, you know, to this next uh, pinnacle in our Clipper career. I'm not saying that. I want a full team effort from from start to finish on Tuesday. There is no more going back after Tuesday. Back's against the wall, you know? And yeah. especially with Trez coming up on the contract year too, like he's a free agent. Paul George and, and Kawhi got another 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 year of this. So I just want a collective effort, dude. And I'm going to put out as much positive vibes as possible going into Tuesday. I'm going to be a wreck tomorrow. And I was a, you know, I'll be a wreck Tuesday, but I cannot take a Clipper loss Tuesday, Drew, or I'm shutting down the show and we're no longer doing this. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get it. I, it's really difficult to like put into, into context, like what happens. Like um, when they collapse, like when yeah. the collapse starts. And it, but it, it really does typically happen when Lou and Trez and Kawhi and Paul are all out there at the same time. And so I don't, there has to be something, right? There's, and, you know, I don't, again, I don't know if Doc, firing Doc, what is that solving, right? Like, are you, I've always said that if you're going to fire a coach, the only reason you do that is because you know there's a better replacement available to bring in instead. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, as many of, you know, really good coaches have been fired recently, <laughs> uh, I still think Doc is the best candidate 
for this job if in comparison to the remainder of what's out there. So I don't know if that solves the problem, but I, I do know that he has to do something as Talk a coach, as, as a coach, you have to read this shit. You should be reading what's happening and the bigger picture. It's like, Oh shit. Our 16 point lead just dropped to eight and now it's zero. And now we're down eight. And now I'm calling the timeout. It's like, it's, it's not just calling the timeout, which is huge. The actual timeout itself is big in, 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 in selecting when it happens. But of course, what is said during the timeout is what's even more supposed to be more impactful. So I just, I do think that he has to, he has to fucking figure that shit out. He has to stop this in, in whatever way he can. I'm with you on that. And I also want to say this, that uh, I'd love to see Kawhi, you know, be more vocal, right? And I had this conversation with somebody the other day and, you know, Kawhi is the most interesting person in basketball because we know absolutely nothing about him. And we don't see any change in personality throughout a basketball game. We really don't. The only thing we've seen that I've seen of Kawhi this whole playoffs, besides him being almost perfect, right? He's been playing out of his mind, playing really well, was that one, you know, burst of emotion against Reggie Jackson where he said, if you're going to do that, I don't even want to pass up. The, you know, I gave up the rock and you're going to do that shit, okay? Right. I want to see more. And maybe it's not in his personality, and it's not. It isn't in his personality. I want to see – Kawhi like Chris Paul in a huddle and be like this is what the fuck we need to do okay this is exactly what we need to do and it's not necessarily get me the ball but Kawhi seems to be the most consistent guy and can get any shot that he wants you know I'd like to see him I think he realizes as much as we don't think that he thinks about his it was funny that he thinks about his legacy like I was listening to LeBron last night in that post-game interview, right? And LeBron is just sitting there saying, I've been winning since I was in high school. I've been doing this my whole career. Everywhere I go, I've won. This is what I'm used to. This is what I do. He, we all know LeBron likes to talk about himself, and that's fine because he backs everything that he says up. And Kawhi is not that guy to do that, right? But, again, bringing up what I said at the beginning of the show, this is Kawhi's time to really – tilt to tilt to shift the game a little bit like do you want are you going to be goat status or this is going to drop you a little bit in the legacy because you have everybody you want on the squad you know you you came to the team we gave up everything for Paul George and again none of this should come down to Kawhi if we if we lose this game and I, I hate talking like we're going to lose this game because I don't think we are but who, what the fuck do I know? Okay. Cause everything <laughs> I seem to, you know what I mean? I've jinxed everybody. Um, but I know that's in the back of Kawhi's head thinking this, right. Um, and same thing for Paul George. We can't let Paul George off the hook, even though he's been pl playing really well as well. I'm more looking, looking for Trez and, and Pat Bev and Lou Williams. Cause that's what we, that's what, we've expected from Lou Williams and maybe it's because we're selfish and we've seen Lou will do this, you know, for his whole career, especially with the Clippers, maybe we're expecting too much out of him, you know, but the only way we're going to win these games is if Lou will and Trez show up. Yeah. Um, Trez had a lot of problems with uh, Plumlee and, and Jokic uh, with the size too big. differential. They're yeah, too big. A lot of problems with that. Michael Porter. Yeah, and, and then, like, the length coming off of that, because he could get around Plumlee, but then Denver would have a follow-up. Like, MPJ blocked one of his shots uh, at the rim, and, you know, normally he's finishing those. So I do think t today specifically that was just a little bit different because normally he handles those matchups pretty good. 
Uh, but Plumlee's an athlete. That's the yeah. thing. Like Plumlee's seven feet. He he's jumping with you, Trez. He's not going to leave. You know, mm-hmm. he's not just one of those statue centers. Um, I I think the I think the the most interesting aspect about this is that the only team that I can envision completing this this quarter this sort of like unbelievable comeback is Denver because Jokic and Murray just hit these fucking ridiculous shots, and it, and, and that's the thing that can beat a really solid defensive team is just ridiculous. Like you're just going to hit, you'll get you an unbelievable like sidestep three pointer, like leaning to the right, just floated that bitch in the air and it just drained like shot clock running out, let, jumped off the same foot. Mm-hmm. This is shit that, that nobody tries in horse. Like I, John and I would never do this in horse because we could never complete this shot. He's pulling this up in games and it's like, it's almost like the, I don't give a fuck attitude of the Denver stars is allowing them to just play. They're like, we're down 16. I don't care. I'm still going to try this fucking ridiculous fadeaway and, and it's going to go in and it's going to give us some weird momentum. There's just a really weird flow to Denver that is taking advantage of this in ways that I don't think many teams would, because in order to make those points up that quickly, it's, it's, you have to hit some ridiculous shots with good defense on it, you know, to just go, wow, like they just jump, jump 20 points ahead. Um, how do you, how are you up 19 and lose yeah. by six? How many, how many <laughs> we lose by? How does that happen? And where does that stop? And where do the Clippers as a team put your foot down? You know what I mean? And dig in. We, when we, uh, game three that we won, or game four, excuse me, um, we won on defense. Doc came in the locker room and said, "Dude, we we, we were not that not that good offensively. Defense won the game, and that's kind of what we need. and And I just hope it's it's verbalized to the team, not necessarily from Doc, but from our leaders, Pat Bev, Paul George, Kawhi, that they really sit down and they understand that balls to the wall, game game seven, right? And Denver had already been down three one in a series. They've been here before." And Doc can say all he wants about, you know, we're not thinking about 2015 and, you know, what happened in Clipper past. I hope you do think about that because us as, as, as the real fans, we felt that and we still feel that. And it means a lot to us. We can't just negate it and say that that never happened because if it happens again uh, on your watch too, same thing, that we're going to be upset and we're going to be disgruntled and, and sad and, and disappointed and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm disappointed. And I, I got my, my, my dad disappointed. Like, my dad is so – my mom <laughs> says he can't even make it through the games when this happens. Like, he just turns them off because yeah. he knows how, much, how important it is to me um, that we win, right? And it is. It ruins my whole day or two days. <laughs> like, I'm, it's already been the weirdest year ever, okay? Right. And this was the highlight of my year, getting born on the 4th of Kawhi, getting Paul George and Kawhi and playing this great basketball and then starting it again. And we're all in full health. And now we're just, now it's coming down to a game, right? And NBA fans, even actually, I don't know if Laker fans want to see us win. Like, I don't know how many people want to see Clippers. I do do too. Okay. And I'm sure nobody wants, I mean, Denver Lakers would be a really good series too. Like obviously it'd be a really good series, but everybody wants to see Clippers Lakers. I want to see Clippers Lakers. And um, 
I don't, I don't think it's going to take a heroic 50-point effort from Kawhi Leonard. I just want to see our dogs show up, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to see – you cannot play 19 minutes, Landry Shamit, and, and get one point. You can't. And if he's in the game for 19 minutes, there has to be a play run for Sham to get a three-pointer. You know what I'm saying? So we got to figure it out quick. Um, or I'm going to lose my shit, dude. And I think a lot of people want to see me lose my shit. I think they do. Um, to your squad, I want to get off the Clippers right quick. Sure. You guys handled Houston very well. Yeah. Uh, we got to see the true colors of, like, of Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden. And this shit isn't going to work. Okay. It's everything like small ball was fun and, and cute for half of the season. Um, D'Antoni said he's taken off today. He's not going to be the coach of them anymore. He's going to look elsewhere. There are jobs available. So look elsewhere. Um, Russell was horrific in this series. Like in, in Harden is good, but Harden's great, but very disappointing how they went down. And to me, they went down like a bunch of suckers in my, in my opinion. And the whole thing with, with Rondo's brother and, and Westbrook, we just see how – I don't think Russell's focused on the game. Like, I think he's so focused about the aesthetics and, like, trying to be Mr. Badass and whatnot. And he's a great player. He will always be a great player. But both of those players have never won shit. And I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what, what, what it's going to take for Houston or what it's going to take individually for Harden or Westbrook to make that work. I was surprised to see Houston come out like that, but then also like not that surprised. You know what I mean? It's kind of their nature. They, I think once we went up three, one, that was it. They were like, okay, we're done. You know, it's a, there's a big difference between that sort of response and then what Denver is doing right down three, one. It's very easy to go. Well, fuck dude. We're, I mean, shit, we can't win three in a row. So why, why don't we just get it over with now? Kind of instead of, fight back and, and then be down three, two, and then lose. Like, no, Denver obviously looks at it a lot differently. Houston looks at it like, well, we can't, we're not going to do that. Not, we're not going to go. We're not going to come back down from three, one. Um, and that was the sense from the beginning of that game. There was never like Lakers came out. It was like 13, two. And I blinked and it was 13, two. And I was like, I, how did I miss? I was just, I grabbed a beer. What, what happened? And, um, so anyway, you know, that was a, it was really great to, to have the Lakers perform as good as they did in that game, regardless of like the lack of energy and intensity that they were may have they might have expected Houston to come out with some of that. You would to, expect from yeah. all star players. And, <laughs> and then and then to have none must have been a very weird experience as the Lakers being like, well, whoa, like this is weird. Like, are they trying to like dummy us into something like I would almost start second guessing it, but they didn't. They just kept their heads down. They kept going to the rack. They kept scoring. Um, LeBron was amazing in the first quarter, especially, but you know, the whole game, he played really well. We had like six or seven guys in double figures. That's the type of shit that we need to be doing on a regular basis. However, now we have this potential matchup that's going to be resulting in at least five or six days off and whoever the fuck we face, whether it's the Clippers or Denver will be fresher and we're almost guaranteed to lose game one. I almost kind of hope we lose game one of the Western conference finals, because then it means we'll probably win four in a row in advance. Uh, to the finals. Uh, but before I get off of it, I, I would not be surprised to see Daryl Morey fired. I would not be surprised to see uh, the Houston Rockets franchise come up for sale. 
There's a lot of conversation about the owner of the Rockets being a little bit tight um, because he's pretty heavy into the restaurant industry, which obviously has taken a hit in certain places, uh, you know, around the country and around the world. Good point. Um, I would not be surprised to see some fucking massive changes coming through that roster. Uh, but I, I will be surprised if James Harden is anywhere other than Houston, because that is the one thing that is working for them. Right. And it's the system. They keep trying different things to get it over the hump. You know, the, the pick and roll thing with Capella was amazing and the lobs, you know, kind of lobs. And then we bring in Chris Paul and that was great. You know, uh, oh, well, Chris Paul didn't work because shit kept getting injured. Can't get over the hump against the Warriors. Maybe the greatest team ever. Okay, fuck it. Let's get Westbrook. And it's just like, this is a really good try. I think Daryl Morey tried everything. And as much as, you know, he may, he may not want to get fired, it could be the best possible thing for Daryl Morey to get released of this. Just fucking let this one go. Let this one burn and die and then go on to a new franchise. Uh, there's a lot of places out there that would take Daryl Morey as, Morey as GM right now, even with all the nonsense because of what he's done to that organization. I don't know what it's going to take for Harden to over this uh, because it, it's got to be something internally that he goes and says, I'm not going to let my team die like this, right? In efforts like this with Michael or Jordan, uh, excuse me, Michael or Kobe <laughs> uh, or LeBron, typically what they do and what you see out of them is huge numbers and points at least or statistical outpourings in games like this when your team is flat. When, when, when James Harden looks around and sees, okay, everyone's pretty flat shit and and says, let's go. And if they don't follow me, then fine. But at least I'm going to try and do my best to get us as close to this victory as possible and not give up. And he doesn't have an ounce of that in him right now. He has zero of that. He, like, he's perfectly fine from what I see with losing. <laughs> he is. He reminds me of Sidney Dean in White Man Can't Jump. I'd rather look good and lose than look bad and win. If totally. you want to be on this top tier of players – you got to show me something, bro. You cannot be you cannot be cool with being down three one and you and you go two for eleven or whatever the hell he's been doing. He had three two for eleven games in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean he ended up like if you look at his box score and you if you, like if you just didn't catch the game and you and you look at the box score and you go, Clips and Drew like why why are you guys getting on Harden? He had thirty points. He had six rebounds. He had five assists, a steal, and a block. And he was twelve of twenty from the field. Like that's a tremendous game. And, and if, if you're sitting there thinking that, then you're, you're absolutely not wrong. That's a pretty good game for James Harden. But if you didn't watch the game, you can't see the way that it was, it was happening. There was no level of urgency. There was no actual thought. I mean, it seemed like there was no actual thought that they were going to win this game. <laughs> James Harden ended up putting up points, but it, it was just kind of just a, a, a nonsense. Like they almost, I, I'm surprised they almost didn't just not play. They, like, we're just going to go home. 3-1, uh, it's, it's a five-game series. We're calling it a five-game series. It's over. We're going home. That's You know, here, here's a really great uh, cap – not a caption. I got a comment on one of the photos we posted of James Harden. And uh, somebody said, you know what? Next season he's going to drop 55 against the, uh, against the Hornets, and we're going to have this same conversation again about he's the greatest scorer of all time, and then nothing happens in the playoffs once again. You know what I mean? So – and we probably will. He is a he is a great scorer. He will go down as one of the best scorers. As somebody compared it to like is James Harden Carl Malone, and I said nah because Carl Malone 
played his ass off every single. He tried his best. He had to go against Jordan. You know what I mean? Again, yeah, Harden's has gone against some pretty tough competition, but he's had all the help. They, they Daryl Morey has gotten him all the help he possibly can. You know what I mean? And it's just he can't get him over the hump. Whether he doesn't give a fuck about winning a championship and he just wants to get his numbers and whatnot and he's cool with the $45 million, cool. And same thing goes for Russell Westbrook, Drew. You want to be Mr. Triple-Double, and yeah, you're great. Some people call him the GOAT. Like our boy uh, Art by Kevin, who I love and respect, great guy, calls uh, Russell Westbrook the GOAT, and I'm like, he's not. <laughs> he puts up really good numbers, but he's not. don't even put him in that conversation. It may, it, and it's obvious with the numbers that he put up during, during this. And, yeah, he had some setbacks and whatnot. Um, but I'm not buying Houston. I think they need to blow it up. I think they need to put it in a rocket, shoot it to outer space, and blow that bitch up. <laughs> and, you know, the small ball isn't going to work. The analytics is cool. I like analytics because that means something. And that definitely helped them out. They won ball games, But – you know, Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington aren't going to win you a championship. It's just simple as that. So hopefully something comes of that. But um, you got anything else, bro? Because I'm just pissed, and I want to. I want to make a cocktail. And I want. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, no, we can we can wrap this up. I, um, I you know, as far as the the Westbrook thing, mm-hmm. I I don't know where he can go. Now he's an he's a Jordan guy, isn't he? A Jordan athlete. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe he'll go to Charlotte, but Mike is pretty cheap, so I I don't know, I don't know if Mike would be willing to pay Russell's salary at his age. But I do think you know Mike, especially with the athletes that he selects to join the Jordan brand, he he always has an affinity for these guys, and so you know if there is a potential spot for Westbrook to go, I mean why not Charlotte? Um, fuck that would it. suck for Russ. That's just a down, that's a downgrade for Russ. Unless he's getting that paper, you know. Um, I, I mean, if he goes to Charlotte, like, who's to say they can't make the playoffs and do the same thing that he's been doing his entire career since he he went to the finals that one season and losing the first goddamn round? That's all he does. I mean, hey, granted, this year this year was the second round, so that's there's there's a plus there for Russ. But dude, I don't know. Like, what is the option? Like, is Houston going to try and run it back with the small ball? Well, and if they do, what is that even going to look like? You, you can't because, again, like Russell is like James Harden. He's had been surrounded with great players his whole life too. You know what I mean? It's the two, the two alpha thing that just doesn't work. It really doesn't, you know. Um, it worked with Shaq and Kobe because they had such a great coach to make it work, and they got the surrounding pieces that, you know, they needed. There's been some great pieces written that uh, about Paul uh, – Pau Gasol lately where he's been just talking about how amazing Kobe was as a leader and you know uh lead by example and whatnot I don't see that with James Harden and Russell Westbrook again this isn't hating on their on their basketball ability but sometimes you have to like Allen Iverson had this issue you know you know at some point you're just not the man both of these guys are the man they could be the man on on any team that they play on yeah but I just I I don't see it small ball isn't gonna work you do need a you do need a big man that's going to protect the rim. And now with you know how big men work with stretching the floor uh, and, and being able to shoot, like they would have been fine with keeping 
Capella. Capella. Yes. Yeah. Capella was doing just fine. And Capella, again, like if you're seeing the Lakers would have at least put a body on, on Anthony Davis and shout out to, to PJ Tucker, who I, he, I gained so much respect for this guy yeah. this past season and in the playoffs in general, that's a tall order to ask a six, five shooting guard. Okay. Right. That's a, that's a tough one to do. So, totally. you know, there's a team that could use Westbrook and it's Orlando. And, and the reason that I think this is important because like, that's the position that they're lacking. We know this Orlando is pretty solid. If they keep it, if they're able to keep everybody now, granted you would have to like move probably Vooch or, or the owner would have to be willing to go into the luxury tax a little bit to make that happen. But Russ would give them something that they've needed a point guard. That's not afraid to fucking go to the rack get fouled and get free throws and doesn't have to be the, the best three point shooter. He can just kind of run the game and they have some good shooters around him um, that, that can actually shoot in that system. Uh, including Booch, if they can keep him. But anyway, that's just somebody that I thought about. They could do Russ for either Aaron Gordon or Russ for Vooch. Yeah, but they're still and, not winning. They're still not going to win the East. You know, Well, Russ I mean? is just not going to – I mean, unless he gets like – you know, he decides to take like a vet min and go on to one of these, you know, mega teams. Like he, if he jumps ship and go, tries to join the Clippers or the Lakers or something like that, he's not going to go to a winning situation because he's not a winning player. Facts. You know, that, I, I, I mean, Orlando would be fine, but he's still not winning the title. You got to get that money if you're still getting $40 million a year, dude. Somebody's got to pay for it, you know. Right. And if you, if you have $80 million dedicated to, to uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, you're not going to afford the, the pieces that you actually need to compete in the West to win a title. So and I would say I would say like Utah would be a good spot for him in the West, except he fucking hates Utah fans. <laughs> and like he hates and like, everybody, Drew. He's burned that bridge so far to the ground that it cannot be rebuilt. Like I would say Utah for, like Conley for Westbrook, who says no to that? Like, right. why wouldn't you try that? Oh, I take that in a heartbeat, but he wouldn't go. He would yeah. decline all of that. He would just be like, ah, fucking Utah. I'm not not gonna do it. I, why is Russell Westbrook so mad all of the time, though? Like all of the time. <laughs> like uh, my boy Mouthpiece from Venice Beach, he used to call my boy Beast. He'd be like, yo, the only man that's that's angry at breakfast is Beast. And that seems like Russell Westbrook. You know, even LeBron laughing at him last night because he was saying, you know, he can't guard me. Like, LeBron's like, dude, you were shut down. You have been shut down this whole season. And we you have 10 points in this game. <laughs> and we don't want to guard you. We would rather guard somebody else. You know, and this is real facts, and I'm sorry to the Westbrook fans, but you, again, you have to be real and look at the numbers, dude. Right. 22% from three is not going to cut it from your point guard. No. You know what I'm saying? So, again, let's go really quick. Miami, Boston, this is going to be a great series. We're really excited about this. I think it could go either way. Tyler Hero, we're playing hero ball. I'm really excited on how he's playing, 20 years old. Um, he's really turned into a star. He was a, a star this season, but, you know, seems like he was built for this shit and all the, the behind the scenes uh, stuff that we're hearing from coaches and players about his work ethic and like how he was super underrated in high school, super underrated in college. And he stays working on his game. He's kind of got, got that, that Kobe goal. mentality where like he just stays in the gym getting better and better. Um, I think Jimmy really likes that a lot. Again, a leader leading by example, Tyler Hero and the whole Miami Heat team needed a guy like Jimmy, you know, and Jimmy saw that in Tyler from the beginning of the year. They connect, they connected really quick because Jimmy saw his work ethic in this. Um, Jimmy's going to have to be big in this series in order for Miami to win. 
And I think we're going to see um, some really great play from Tatum and Jalen Brown, who's also very underrated. And he's emerging, like you said in the last pod, as, you know, uh, a counterpart to or just as good as Jason Tatum. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited that this is the matchup that we got. Um, you know, Toronto just could just didn't have enough and left in the tank. It was, it was a hell of a series. Um, uh, so, you know, hats off there. Um, I'm excited for this matchup. Like, this is the Boston-Miami thing I think is going to be very fun. We have a lot of really interesting matchups. So Dragic and, uh, and Kemba are going to have to match up, and I think that's going to be a really key matchup in this series because they're actually going to have to start to play defense against each other. Uh, Marcus Smart is going to be pulled away, right? He's going to have to go probably – my guess is that you have Marcus Smart on Jimmy – and then you try to use Tatum and um, Jalen with their length to affect some of the shooters on the wings. Um, that would be and, – and I, I'm, I love the potential of having Jimmy and Marcus Smart go head-to-head. Oh, somebody's fighting. There, there will be technical fouls, 100%. Yeah, that is going to be so much fun to watch. Um, and, and my guess is that you know, Boston will do a good job of rotating guys um, onto um, Jimmy so that it's not just Marcus Smart. Plus – Gordon Hayward is supposed to be available for this series, which will be a big lift for Boston because they are a really tight rotation. So having another guy back in there that can just alleviate some of that pressure from Kemba or Tatum uh, in those final moments and and just handle the ball. I think that's going to be really big. I honestly think this series will be determined by Duncan Robinson. I think if he can shoot and hit, you know, 35 to 40% of his threes, which he has been doing, if he can do that in this series, it will change the game for Miami. If he cannot, if, if the defense for Boston is good enough or Duncan is off of his game, then, then I think uh, Miami will lose. But I, I think that's my guy. I'm, I'm going with Duncan as the X factor um, simply because it really is, you know, if he's hitting, Miami is at their best. If he's not, you can, you can, you can, you can pretty much catch up to them and beat them any given night. Jay Crowder, too, is, a, is an X factor for them as well. When he's shooting well, it's a game changer. Interesting, though, Tice and Bam might be pretty cool, too. Those are two bangers that kind of play the same way. I mean, Bam's a better passer and whatnot, but they're going to be banging. I think it's going to be a really great series. Smart and Jimmy Buckets will be great. I'm pretty sure they both respect each other a lot as far as defense goes and their mindset towards the game. But let's let's expect a few technical fouls and some chippiness because it, it has to be chippy, 100%. has to be chippy. It will be, yeah. Um, Clippers, game seven on uh, – on Tuesday, Drew, make or break for my life, for, my, for this year for me. Um, I'm really looking forward to, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it, actually. I'm going to be a complete mess the whole day. I'll be watching. <laughs> I will. I'll be watching it by myself here, so maybe we can live stream or do something. But I'm going to do something that we've never done on this show, Drew, because What's I'm that? so disgusted with today's game, and I'm so upset at what is going on in Clipperland that we're going to take them out with nothing. Okay? Just cut the fucking mics, Drew. We're ghosts. 